Hey gorgeous mama, if you are ready to feel empowered in your pregnancy and birth journey, then my love, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Birth Like a Badass podcast with your host, me, Nikki Syme. Real talk for real women on all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Let's go. Hey, gorgeous mama, and welcome back to the Birth Like a Badass podcast. So this is exciting. I am holding or recording my first podcast with a guest today, and today I'm welcoming the gorgeous Keisha Boutwood, and that's right, isn't it, Boutwood? Um, right. <laughs> onto the show. We were having a chat the other day um, around prolapse, and I was just like, oof, we need to jump on and have this conversation. Um, in real time and to get this message and this information out to more mamas who may be experiencing something similar or feeling really lost or confused about it. So I was like, girl, let's get on the potty. <laughs> let's do this thing. <laughs> um, and she was like, hell yes. So welcome, my love. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. No worries. Um, so I'd love to actually get you to just start by telling us a little bit about your birth with, um, with both Koa and Lenny, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll try and keep it brief. Um, so Koa was my firstborn. Um, I was 27 when I had her. Um, so naive like the most of us and have no idea what we're walking into. Mm-hmm. Um, so her birth was long, uh, 16 hours, um, lots of intervention, ended up in epidural um, purely because I was having contraction on top of contraction and I needed a rest. Um, so I had an epidural with her pretty straightforward delivery and no issues at all. Um, obviously just the really long labor. Um, so then after that and planning for our next pregnancy, it was really important to me that I had the birth that I wanted. So I spent a lot of time preparing and as we know, it's just a mental game. So I spent lots of time reading affirmations and watching, listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and all of that. Um, I had a really supportive, um, birthing team. So I went through a birth center so I had midwifery led care, so no obstetrician at all um, during my uh, pregnancy, which was exactly what I wanted. And they were so supportive and really wanted to understand me and what I wanted out of this labor. And they promised me that they would do whatever they could to get me the labor that I wanted. So um, with both of my babies, I went over 40 weeks, so 40 plus 12. Um, and that was by choice also. I really wanted my body to go into labor naturally if it would. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case for me. So I need a little bit of help. So I had my waters broken with Lenny. Um, and I went in at 8.30 in the morning and two and a half hours later, he was out. Holy. So super, yeah, super fast labor. That was quick. Um, yeah. And so as soon as I broke my waters, I had the, you know, the cramping period type pain. And my midwife was amazing. She got me on the breast pump and had clary sage um, diffusing and I was sniffing it. She was like, let's get this happening um, without any intervention, which was great. So I felt like a bit of a... Sure did. <laughs> I felt like a bit of a daisy cow there with my booze being pumped at. And <laughs> but it worked. It, it, I don't know if you know, that helped it along with my body was just ready, but I went into labour straight away. Um, for me because I hadn't, I guess, experienced a labor like that naturally. I just wanted to be in the shower. I needed to be in the water. I was very kind of primal and I was squatting and 
lots and lots of noise. I'm sure everyone heard me in that um, birthing center. <laughs> um, yeah, the and sounds that, was... that come out are amazing. Hey, like I, you oh. can't actually. I, I've tried to recreate them, and you just can't. You can't replicate like it's, that. No, it's from <laughs> somewhere else. Hey, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I, I hear you. Yeah. I was thinking I scared uh, the shit out of a lot of women in there. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I remember listening back or watching a video and hearing myself and being quite triggered. I'm like, oh my God, is that me? Like, just to hear that sound come out of my, my body was just, yeah. Yeah, so guttural, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it kind of really happened really quickly. Um, my beautiful midwife, Martha, um, said, you know, it's time for me to examine you and see how you're progressing. And that was probably about 11 o'clock. Um, sorry, I've got that wrong. So about three hour labor in total. So it was about 11 a.m. I got up on the bed and she said, look, you're doing really well. You're at six centimeters. And in my head, I went, okay, I've got a couple of hours. I can do this. Thinking I still probably had two or three hours until I was fully dilated. Were the, contra- the net- contractions the same as your first, like on top of each other? No, they were no. textbook. I had the break. It was beautiful. I could feel the, the, that lead up and I could feel it progressing. And then I just kind of like rode through the waves. It was exactly how I wanted it to be. The, the labour itself was perfect. It really was. It was everything I wanted. Um, okay. So she's examined me six centimetres, mentally preparing myself for a couple of hours. Then I took a breath and then I said to her, this baby's coming right now. And she said, this baby's not coming. I've just checked you. You know, when you're ready. And I said, no, 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 this baby's coming right now. So obviously no one was prepared for that. So she called in for an extra set of hands and the next contraction, Lenny was basically out. Um, super quick. No one expected that. Uh, no time to prepare at all. So it was beautiful. It was, ex- it was exactly what I wanted. Um, wow. And then it went to shit. After that. Um, that's that's huge that's like six six to ten in the space of what five minutes yeah so the thing is um like I I had a cervical tear um so I guess after I had Lenny and when I went through theatre and all of that they actually don't know if I fully dilated which is probably half the reason I have some of the issues that I have so they actually don't know if I fully dilated at all okay he was just like I'm coming yeah he was not waiting for anyone Yeah. yeah okay and then it kind of just went downhill from there, Nikki. Um, you know, I don't recall because obviously I was on a high and I was like, I'm incredible. I've just birthed a baby without any intervention or drugs at all. I am a superwoman, as we all are. Um, my husband said he heard gushing. He said it was like someone turned a tap on. Wow. And then they press the emergency button and she said look I don't want to scare you but we need some help here you've got retained placenta and you're bleeding and we need to understand where the bleeding's coming from we need to know where the source is 20 people came into that room and it was like take the baby off her poor Aaron um yeah he had Lenny no idea what was going on I had a midwife on each of my breasts trying to get some colostrum just so that Lenny could have something while I was in theater and still at that point Nikki, I was just not phased by it. I think I, I was just, all the endorphins were just running high through my body. I didn't even think about the seriousness of it for me at the point anyway. Um, so then I went to theatre for four hours. Um, yeah, and I had a cervical tear. 
So there's a, there's a main artery in your cervix, which actually tore for me, which is super rare. The obstetrician who saw me said that in his entire career, and he was probably in his 60s, he'd only known two women that had ever torn their cervix, well, that, that artery in their cervix. Wow. Yeah. Do they know why that possibly happened? Did they give you any kind of um, information? Surely the quick, why? The quick like, labour. Um, yeah, okay. And potentially I hadn't dilated properly. Right. Yeah. So that was my labor with Lenny. Wow. Very different. And I love yeah. how you're like, 16 hours was really long. I'm like, oh, oh what I would have given for a 16 hour labor. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like, I was 26 hours with, um, 26 hours with Levi. Um, but then Griffin, I remember I labored for 17 before I got to seven centimeters. So I still had a bit of time before me. Yeah. And then Phoenix was like, I think it was only about three or maybe, oh no, maybe six hours and I knew something was wrong and he had to come out. But yeah, yeah. long labours. And don't they say they should, generally they get quicker? The well, more children that you have? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if that's because I had two C-sections and then my last, but both, like all of my babies, my waters haven't broken. So my waters yeah. didn't break with Griff and then with Levi, when we broke them, because I eventually asked for them to be broken because I was just exhausted. And from the moment mm. they were broken, he was out in 45 minutes. So um, it definitely does speed up, speed things up, I think, especially when you yeah. kind of, because I got to eight centimetres, but then I had kind of stalled and my waters were bulging when they felt me and I was like, just break them, like break them. <laughs> it is time to get this baby out. I was so dumb. <laughs> wow. Mm. Cool. So um, what was your healing like? What was your recovery like after that, after Lenny's birth? Really good, actually, like incredible. So um, I obviously went to theatre after that. Um, I was taken to the ward and I was given two blood transfusions because I lost so much blood, um, obviously, during the process. Um, so, look, I wasn't feeling great and I was like, get me out of this fucking hospital. I need to go home and I need to rest and I need to be with my babies. And you know what it's like in there. You don't yeah. sleep. You're not rested. Yeah. So I went home and, um, yeah, it was interesting. So I was kind of discharged from the hospital and that was it. So there wasn't really any follow-up or here's what you need to do. I mean, I did have my midwife come to visit at home, but that was more around, I guess. They did check my tearing and everything and it was fine. Obviously the external ones, but they can't see internally. But that healed really, really well. Um, but there was no bleeding kind of, a lot. Yeah, but I did both of mine. I bled yeah. for weeks. So um, nothing more than you kind of normal. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it was just normal bleeding for me anyway. Um, yeah, and that was kind of it. So recovery in terms of the birth was fine. Um, I guess the thing for me, there was kind of no follow-up around, but well, what do you need to do longer term? And that's why I am where I am now um, with a prolapse. So yeah. Okay, cool. So let's get into that because that's what the conversation is all about. So when did you kind of start noticing that there was something not quite right going on down there? Oh, look, Nikki, it was from the get-go. Like I knew. Yeah. Um, and you know what it's like. You're a mum, you're busy, you're working, and you kind of put your health, um, you know, down the list of priorities, I guess. So I knew that there was an issue and I guess How I did knew you that there was... How did you know? Like, what were you kind of experiencing? What were you feeling? So they did say to me, obviously, after Lenny's birth, they did say, because I went to theatre, I had a catheter, all of that, and because of the quick labour, they did say it would take a little bit longer to heal. So that was in the back of my mind. So the urgency to wee wasn't necessarily there for me like it should have been. Um, and it took a while to get that feeling and that sensation back. 
Um, for me, kind of the, the point where I went, shit, there's a real issue here is when I was urinating during intercourse with my husband. Okay. And at first he was like, is it, or did you squirt? I'm like, yeah, I've never been a squirter. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> Hopeful, wishful thinking. She's squirting now. So then it was like, oh, it was actually quite bad. I had to, like, we have to put towels down and everything. Like it's, it's quite a decent amount that it happens. So I knew that there was an issue there. But to be honest, Nikki, it's actually progressively got worse. And because, you know, I guess your pelvic floor is a muscle and when you're not um, working on it like you would any other muscle in your body, it gets weaker and weaker. Um, I sneeze, I urinate. I, if I bend down to talk to the kids, I can actually feel the muscles relax and it just literally seeps out. Like I have no control. And I'm always looking for the toilet and conscious of how much water I drink. And I got to a point where I was like, I shouldn't have to live my life like this. Like this is not normal. Um, so I went to my GP and I was like, look, you know, we haven't ruled out having a third baby and, you know, obviously this will get worse if I don't look after it and, re- and you know, repair it. So what do Were I need you to doing do? pelvic floor exercises no. at all? No, nothing. No. Okay. And that's the thing. I think after Lenny's birth, if someone had said to me, you need to see a women's health physio, you need to be doing all these things and told me how important it was, I probably would have done it. But, yeah, you know, people talk about Kegels and I'm just like, yeah, he'll be fine. It wasn't fine. Um, So I went to my GP only weeks ago and I told her about it. And she said, you really need to see a um, women's health physio. But the other thing she mentioned was, did you get a debrief from the hospital? And I said, no. She said, so after all of that, you didn't get a debrief at all. And I said, no, I didn't. So she actually booked me back to go to the hospital where I had Lenny to have the debrief I should have had after I birthed him. Yeah. Three years later. Three years later. So I saw um, one of the head obstetricians there and she actually apologized to me and said that that should have happened. Um, And that's, you know, if any woman has a complicated or a traumatic experience or something that's just unusual, I guess, that they should have a proper debrief and understand, I guess, what's happened to their body. What do they need to do to look after it? Um, You would think that would be a bare minimum. You would expect. Yeah. And at the time you're not thinking about that. Like you just, I just wanted to get home and, and it wasn't until recently I've gone, shit, that was not right. I, sh- I didn't get the aftercare that I needed no. at all. So that led me to um, a referral back at the hospital for a public women's health physio. Um, and I had my first appointment last week and she was just incredible. So the lady I saw, um, that's all she does. So she just looks after pelvic floor issues for women. Um, and that is her full-time job. So she's obviously very good at what she does. And she said to me, she said, this is so normal. She said more than 50% of women after their first baby will have a a prolapse of some description, whether it be mild or severe. And I was like, it's that common, but yet we don't talk about it. Like I haven't had any of my girlfriends say that they have a prolapse or, I mean, you hear older women talk about when they sneeze, they might weed themselves. But other than that, well, it's all just joke, isn't it? It's that lightheartedness. Yeah. Oh, you know, oh, don't sneeze, you'll pee yourself, like that kind of thing. But understanding and even the different types that like we were briefly speaking about before we started recording that, you know, the different types of prolapse. So your yours is a bladder prolapse. Correct? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So basically your pelvic floor muscle runs from the like front all the way through to the back. So it holds up your bladder, your uterus and your bowel. So my prolapse is um, a bladder prolapse at the front 
and it's more severe on the left side than the right. So on the left, when she, um, the physio did the internal examination of me, I literally had no muscle control at all on the left, um, a little bit on the right. Right. Sarah yeah. And is it more likely that, you know, you're, does she, has she said anything about it being more likely that you experience prolapse with fast birth? Yeah, I did ask her that. She said it's it's a number of things. Obviously, it's the pregnancy itself. So having the weight of the baby on those muscles can do it. Um, and then you've had the quick labour as well, which wouldn't help. So, And then obviously, I've had two babies and not actually done anything about my pelvic floor. So all of those things kind of just, you know, add on top of each other just to make it more, more serious, I guess. But yeah. look, mine is a mild case. So some women have a lot worse than me. Um, but even for me, being a mild case, it was still impacting my everyday life. Yeah. 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 And I guess, you know, um, those pelvic floor muscles, like we get told about it, we get told about it. And it's funny though, because I'm actually the opposite of you. So um, I started having problems with sex with my partner after, after having Levi and it was really painful, but not, not so much at the entry point, but when he was going deeper and I was like, this doesn't feel right. Like there's something not going on right here. And I'm, I'm, I had been like, damn, onto those pelvic floor, like exercises, mm. like squeezing, squeezing, like all over it. Cause I was like, I don't want to get to, you know, later in life where I can't, you know, um, sneeze without wetting myself. So I was just like going all in on it, like hundred <laughs> percent. And I actually went to a, um, a woman's health physio and she said that I'd gone the other way. And I'd gone too far with it. And what was happening when we were making love was that he was entering me, but because my pelvic floor was so tight, it was gripping and that was causing the pain. So oh. I've had to go, yeah, the other way and actually stop doing the exercises completely. You need to, to loosen up, girl. To loosen <laughs> up. And every time that we make love, consciously relax those muscles so that we can, he can enter me without pain and it works a treat. But I can also jump on a trampoline, you know, eight months postpartum and know that nothing's going to come out you know like I jumped on it I think it was about two weeks ago and I was like yes amazing I can jump on a trampoline again you know but it's like the polar opposite so it's like one thing to be like yes do your exercises but don't do them too much but then don't you know like there's so much around this and I guess that's where it's really important to actually take that time to go and see like I think every single woman needs to see a woman's health physio after birth not just a physio like a woman's health physio especially if you've given birth vaginally I think it's so important. Yeah. And I guess for me, and like I said to you, I'm very open to talking about this. So I tell everyone I know about it and I'm not ashamed at all because it's really common and it can happen to anyone. If we don't talk about it, we don't normalize it. And then other people won't get the treatment or the support that they need. So yes, do your pelvic floors, but also get the right um, specialist treatment um, if you can, particularly after birth. So yeah, I've got lots of exercises I now have to do daily. so yeah. So what is the what is the recovery like now? Like how long? Yeah. Kind of. So um, the physio did say it's about a twenty week program essentially for it to get back to normal. She said in terms of my damage, it can one hundred percent be recovered um, without surgery, which is great awesome. um, because initially, based on my symptoms, there was talk that I might need surgery at some point. So I was really pleased to hear that. Um, so every day I have. She gave me a vaginal probe. Um, I have to use that to do my pelvic floors. And I guess the reason for using the probe is it has this antenna on it and I can actually see it moving when I contract my muscles and then I can see the antenna fall when I relax so that I can actually gauge how much I'm doing because 
for me, like when she did the internal examination, she would ask me to contract and she couldn't feel anything. So for me doing it at home, how do I know if I'm doing it properly if I don't have that probe? Yeah, awesome. Is it, does she mention anything about yoni eggs or using, um, you know, the yoni eggs that, do you know anything about them? No. no. Yeah, What's so that? you can actually get, like I've got one that I was going to use but don't need to apparently, <laughs> um, where it's like a, it's a crystal, like egg-shaped thing that you actually put, insert into the vagina and you have to hold it there. So it actually um, encourages you to hold your pelvic floor on to keep the egg with it and like inside of you because if you relax it falls out um so yeah that's another and I you guess, just use that like probe. in everyday life like walking around like you just leave it there yeah I don't think I'm ready for that yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember being at an event one time and a girl had one in and we were dancing and stuff and she relaxed too much and it just fell out <laughs> yeah. dropping balls all over the place yeah. <laughs> but I think you can use it in the same way you probably use the probe and just like putting it in for five minutes yeah okay cool. holding it yeah because it forces you to switch those muscles on yeah so then so on was top there, of that, I, sorry, yeah, go. Sorry, on top of that, I have to go to the hospital weekly at the moment. Um, and essentially, mm -hmm. what they do is they so the probe that I have um, has a connection which hooks up to this machine, and I haven't been yet. I'm going on Thursday, but it basically sends electric currents through your muscles, and I have to contract whilst that's on, and that's like doing hours worth of kegels. So that will kind of expedite the process for me. Oh, awesome. So it's like a st yeah. stimulation of sorts into the muscle. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. See, and this is the thing, like I, like there's so many parts of Western medicine where I'm like, this is just not right. But then there's parts like this where it's like, this is amazing, you know, that, that you have this technology available to you to speed that process up, to be able to get you back to feeling confident, you know, and, and making love and walking and, and all your just kind of general day to day things that we're being so impacted by this. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait for it to get back to normal and be able to do like my daughter wants me to jump on the trampoline. I'm like, I actually mm. can't, but because I will pee myself and I'm very open with her about it. Yeah. She, she knows exactly what's going down. She's like, mom, can you not do that? This um, exercise because you'll wee yourself. And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bless her. It'd be really nice to be able to just do everyday things like that without having to think about it or worry or keeping my eye out for where the closest toilet is. So I'm looking forward to being at that point yeah awesome and I actually love because I know like I don't know about you but when I think prolapse I actually think of um like the inside coming out like when I think of prolapse it's like I've seen um a, a anal prolapse where it's like the inside of the anus is actually outside of so it's nice to actually have that conversation where it's like it's not actually like visibly seeing your bladder outside of you it is actually things like you know not being able to hold hold your wee in that is the, yeah. the symptom of it yeah so that's obviously a severe case it does fall externally I'm, I'm not mm. like I look intact like I look completely normal I look like I did pre-kids it's just all internal for me yeah okay yeah yeah and I guess that's important to know too because then you know I think maybe and I don't know I don't know but possibly some women are looking for the external show of it as opposed to just realizing that wetting yourself every day is not normal it's not normal and it is something that gets to get looked at so do they have they given you a kind of an et an expected kind of time on um recovery like when you when they think that you will be back to kind of feeling like your old self down there um 
not at this point, um, I guess worst case scenario is the 20 weeks. So she said it would be 20 weeks if I wasn't using this machine that they have at the hospital. So okay. I have five weeks of that every week and then she'll reassess me to see, I guess, where I am and how my muscles are and if I've tightened up as much as I need to, I guess. Okay, cool. So this, this little machine definitely helps. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your message. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the ladies just, um, just before we jump off, if they're maybe experiencing, you know, like the bladder weakness or even if there's like, cause there's uterine and bowel prolapse as well that can come through birth as well. So, um, yeah, yeah look, I just, I think if I can give any advice, don't, don't wait don't hold off. I guess for me, I've waited three years and I could have had this resolved already if I actually got the treatment and care that I needed directly after my birth. So don't wait, don't put it off. I know that we do as mothers, we put our health on the, you know, at the bottom of the list of priorities. So please just get the help that you need. And it's just a conversation with your GP and they will refer you on um, to get the help that you need. Mm, I know that they're not alone. Like, how common Absolutely. is it? Do, we, do you know any stats on it? How common prolapse? Well, the physio said to me that after um, women after their first baby, fifty percent of those women will have some type of prolapse, even if mild. So, more than half of women after their first baby. So, I guess subsequent babies it must be much higher than that. Mm, yeah, incredible. Definitely not alone. Yeah, and love that we get to have this conversation and bring it into the light some more. Absolutely happy to talk about it. Thank you for having me on, Nikki. Thank you, gorgeous woman. Thanks for listening, gorgeous woman. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And make sure you remember to hit that subscribe button so you do not miss an episode on the Birth Like a Badass podcast. See you next time.